What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and today with one of the original members of the show, the original trio, John Kegley, joins us again, usually as he does every Monday and Friday. And we have a lot to get into, but first, we are three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which we should have a new episode of soon and every week during the season. And and this is our third season now as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. A lot to get into today because today is Mock Draft Monday version 4.0. So the last three weeks, we have been giving you guys every Monday a new round added to our Mock Draft with changes and everything else every week things change and there's going to be some more changes on today's show but it is going to be our fourth round plus the first three rounds of our mock draft so we've already done the first three now today we're getting into the fourth and any changes we had so you're going to want to stick around at the end of the show to listen to that and we're also going to do some fan voicemails as we do most Mondays in in the first segment we're going to be talking about the Chargers having a new signing the Chargers signed a kick returner is what it looks like right now so we're going to start the show off with that and talk about the impact that this new player is going to have but let's go ahead and get into it over the weekend the los angeles chargers and general manager tom telesco continued to fill holes on the chargers roster when they decided to bring in a special teams ace this is daniel wade joined by david drogmeyer with your locked on chargers lead story according to his agent former titans wide receiver slash return specialist darius jennings has signed with the chargers Jennings signed with the Browns in 2015 as an undrafted free agent and played in 10 games for them that season before bouncing around the league on practice squads in 2016 and 2017 before getting another shot with the Titans in 2018. As a return man, he has been electric, even leading the NFL in kickoff return average in 2018 with an average of 31.7 yards per return. He also scored a touchdown. The Chargers have not had a notable return man in the kickoff return game in a very long time, but they might have improved that by signing Darius Jennings. And I think the Chargers will hope that signing this special teams ace goes a lot better than the last time they signed a special teams a kick return ace in Jacoby Jones. But here with Darius Jennings, the five foot, 180 pounder, he's got four years of service time in the NFL, played with a couple of different franchises, most recently the Tennessee Titans. He is a 4.540 guy, so he doesn't have blazing speed, but he does have really good vision and feel for finding the seam. His best year was 2018, where he played in all 16 games, had 22 returns for 698 return yards. A long of 94, of course, that was a touchdown. He had 19 returns of 20-plus yards, so he is consistent, and he also had two returns over 40 yards. So he's going to bring some explosive plays in the return game, and that's something the Chargers have sorely lacked in recent years. Yeah, and I will mention that also he was pretty average at the position last year. Did get released midway through the season, but did come back for the Titans' playoff run. But I will say that this is a chance that's worth taking for the Chargers because it seems annually they are one of the worst teams in the NFL as far as starting field position. Usually that is due to turnovers, but they haven't had an electric return man on kickoff returns in a long time. And he's not really going to help you with punt returns, which the Chargers muffed a bunch of punts last year because he hasn't 
return punts at the NFL level. A lot of people are going to see this and see that the Chargers are signing a wide receiver and think that maybe the Chargers third wide receiver role is filled. But as far as this deal goes, I'm not going to give him really even a spot on this team as a wide receiver given what he's been able to do in his career. And I definitely think the Chargers will still have to address it, David. Darius Jennings is not going to fill that role necessarily. No, not at all. I mean, when you say what he's done in the NFL as a wide receiver, he hasn't had more than 14 catches in a season, and he only has 27 catches throughout his entire career. No touchdowns. He is not going to be a threat as a wide receiver. So this guy is coming in specifically as a kick returner. He's going to have to earn that job as a kick returner. I do not suspect you're going to see him on the field that much as a wide receiver. He just doesn't have the pedigree for that. So this does not address the wide receiver three or four positions on the Chargers team right now. He's coming in. He's going to make his impact as a kick returner or he's not going to make an impact at all. And as far as his contract goes, we don't know the details on it yet, but we do expect it to be minimum, I would think. I don't think he's going to sign a big lucrative contract by any means, and I don't think he's a sure lock for the roster when the time comes to decide on those things, but I do think it is worth the chance at a jolt at that position, but you're right, as a receiver, he only had two receptions in eight games last season, so the Chargers still have their work cut out for them as far as filling out the rest of this receiving core behind Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, but but this guy has a ceiling of a really, really good return man in this league, and with the Chargers struggling at that position for a very long time, this is definitely a signing that seems worth the gamble. But we do have two more segments to get into, getting into some fan voicemails before wrapping up the show with our mock draft version 4.0 coming up right after this. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into what we do every single Monday, and that is get into some fan voicemails on the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. If you are new to the show, the number is 323-524-7924, and every Chargers voicemail gets on the show. So on today's show, we have three voicemails to get into, but we're going to start with the return of the cursed one. Lamb Lock has called into the show, and it's funny because I was really going to talk about Lamb Lock regardless of whether he called in just because I was thinking how good things have really been since the last time that Lamb Lock called. I mean, all of those additions in free agency happened you know, since the last time Lamlock called. So I was thinking the curse might be done, but with him calling in right now, I think that it still might be something Chargers fans have to worry about everywhere. But let's hear him in his own words. Let's see what Lamlock has for us this week. Yo, 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 it's your boy Lamlock, the curse of Fort Drum, as you guys want to call me the curse, even though I don't think I'm the curse. But hey, man, it's been a long, long time, man. Oh, man, it's been a crazy offseason. Ah. Yeah, I'm very disappointed that Rivers will not be the starting quarterback for the Chargers next year. Uh, you know, I don't know if John Kagan told you guys, but I was in Tampa Bay for a little bit, but then so the Rivers went to the Colts, so now I'm in Minneapolis temporarily. But, hey, I don't know if I still have my love for the Chargers or not, but I'm definitely going to be a San Diego Chargers forever for life. In my heart, always a Chargers fan for life. Uh, I'm just not happy with the ownership, not happy with the GM, not happy with the coach. I don't like any of them. Like, oh, the reason why I follow Team LA because of Rivers. But I, I still love the Chargers, man. I still keep up with you guys, you know. I still snoop on your uh, podcast, you know. Every once in a while, I'll still listen to you guys, you know. Uh, you know, I don't know if John Cagley is still happy about my position, but because, you know, he left me on red last time, you know. He, he hit me up. He was like, yo, what's up, man? I say, what's up? He left me on red. So I think he's still pissed about the decision I made, even though it's not that serious. But, hey. 
It's still both games though, bang. And uh just want to hear what you guys think about it. Bold up. <laughs> well, John, I know Lamlock is your friend, and I know he just commented about Chargers Domination Live saying he wants us to do a show just so he can basically heckle you. So I think this is really in your territory here. I'm not sure there's a big question there by Lamlock. I know he's probably following Philip Rivers and being somewhat of an Indianapolis Colts fan, but he does say that he still loves the Chargers. He does say that he still is here for us. So we appreciate your fandom, Lamlock. But unfortunately, your fandom comes with a very, very steep cost, John, because whenever you have Lamlock around, it just seems like bad things follow him, at least as far as him being a Chargers fan. Well, Colts fans, if there is any listening here, let's just hope that Landlock does not jump onto your fan base to follow Philip Rivers, or else you're going to be in for a one in fifteen season with a lot of games that are close to winning but end up losing in the end. And let's just hope that Landlock isn't willing a Philip Rivers Colts jersey to your game. Yes, Landlock, I am putting you on blast. That Colts fans will not allow you into their stadium. They are going to be social distancing away from you. And you want to heckle me? Bro, I beat you in basketball multiple times. You have yet to beat me. All you do is call in here without even asking a question. You don't even know what the (laughs) question you asked us. What question did you ask us? You You did say, what do you think? (laughs) Yeah. What do we think about what, bro? What do we think about how much of a scrub you are on the court? Uh, Well, I mean, we could watch the film and break that down. (laughs) I'm sure a kindergartner could probably beat you. I don't want to see your mock draft because I'm – I'm pretty sure you're thinking, oh, you know what, guys? We should be drafting a kicker in the first three rounds because I'm confident. Let's, what, what's your mock draft, Lambach? Call in next time. Give me your mock draft. Oh, there is a challenge that has been laid down. And, Lambach, hopefully you can give us your mock draft. I hope it's not good almost. Go ahead. Yeah, a real question would be nice. I was going to play it either way because, obviously, you know, we like you, Lambach, even knowing knowing everything that you bring to the table in a bad way. But obviously, we love Lamlock over here, all things considered. I'm excited to hear what that mock draft is. But the really important thing to know out there, guys, the real the thing that should be you know on the scroll on the bottom line, especially with our lack of sports, is the fact that you know even though Lamlock does still love the Chargers, he's mad at all you know, the owner, the GM, and the head coach. But he also likes the Indianapolis Colts too. So I hope he practices social distancing away from them because. I promise you, you do not want that around his fan base. But I think all of us are a little bit of Colts fans right now rooting on Phillip Rivers. So I guess we do agree on something over there, Lamlock. But all right, let's go to Matt in Huntington Beach, who has a question. It's been a while since we've heard from Matt. Let's see what he has for us this week. Hey, guys. This is Matt in Huntington Beach. Um, so I saw Adrian Phillips sign with the Patriots, and then I saw the number this morning. It was only for $7.5 million over two years, which – it's disappointing. Um, he really developed a lot for us, especially uh, two years ago, and we was really hoping that they would be able to bring him back. Um, but it really got me wondering, how much money, in your guys' estimation, do we have left over between the draft and free agency? Um, what do we have left over? Do we have enough money to make another uh, free agent, you know, a big pickup? Or um, how are we looking money-wise for the rest of the offseason? Um, I really love what Telesco's done. Avoiding Brady was awesome. Um, and then uh, I've loved all these pickups that we've been making, um, especially bolstering the right side of that offensive line. Crossing my fingers, hopefully that's to protect uh, Tua's blind spot or uh, his uh, his blind side in the future. So thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, stay safe. Thanks. 
All right, so one thing I will say is that this was a voicemail from a little over a week ago now at this point. So this was before the last few signings that the Chargers made, obviously Darius Jennings, Nick Vigil, and so on after that, because this is you know, in reaction to what the Chargers did first. And as far as the salary cap numbers go, we don't know what these deals are for Parham from the XFL or Jennings or even Vigil. I don't think I haven't seen that one. Maybe that one's out there. But before those, it was thought that the Chargers cap space was somewhere around $8 million. So David, no matter what the case is, no matter what the actual numbers are, when they are all crunched, for the most part, for all intents and purposes, the Chargers big spending at this point is definitely done. And I know this is up, you know, kind of bad for Matt just because he called in a week ago when this was a little bit more in play. But yes, Dave, I think that at this point we can safely say that the big spending is over. Yeah, but and some fans are looking at it like, well, I mean, I've seen they have twenty three, twenty four million in cap space, but you, that comes with some context. They have to have money allotted for the draft picks. They got to have money for in season signings when people will inevitably get hurt. And so that means, you know, the number I've been seeing out there from Daniel Popper of The Athletic and of a couple other people is eight to nine million. And the question he asked was, do the Chargers have room to make one more signing? Now, that depends on what your expectations are for that signing. You know, are you expecting them to get a Cam Newton type contract? That's not going to happen. If you want to maybe bring in a, a Jason Peters style type contract, that might happen. That might be possible. They might have to move a little money around, but it could potentially happen if he's willing to take eight or nine million dollars. That's a move I could still see on the horizon. You know, he still goes on, goes unsigned at the moment, and he could fill a need for the Chargers that they currently have at left tackle. So I wouldn't expect any big moves, but you know that that's one that could potentially still happen. I saw an article, I can't remember what the source was, that said there is a possibility the Chargers would sign Cam Newton to a one-year, $5 million deal, but the the contract would have so many incentives that add up to like $12 million with like 70% of the incentives being something he'll reach so that he can get that money, and then like another 30% that are hard to get to, but if he gets there, you're proud of it, you get that money. So I, don't, I wouldn't say the Cam Newton contract is so far out of reach. It's not totally off the table, and I think, I mean, we'll talk about Tyrod Taylor just actually had a conversation in an interview where he kind of opened up about the picture and all the things we've talked about before, but I don't think it's totally off the table. The Chargers could potentially move things around. There's other ways they, they can get a contract done. Maybe it's technically two seasons with a big signing bonus and money that he'll never see next season. That's another way to kind of fit those bigger contracts on a short-term deal like Jason Peters or Cam Newton, but I know people have probably had enough of Cam Newton talk. I think for as far as this voicemail goes, the one thing I didn't talk about is just you talking about Adrian Phillips going to the Patriots two years, seven and a half million. That's a deal I probably would have made. And I think hopefully, you know, Darius Jennings, obviously a different type of special teams player, but hopefully he can provide something in coverage. But the Chargers still have some room to go as far as I think they can fill Adrian Phillips spot on the defense, especially with Desmond King kind of out of a position right now. And I think there's guys that can kind of mix and match in that role. But as far as the special teams value, the Chargers still have a long way to go as far as their coverage unit goes losing Adrian Phillips, losing Jeremy Davis, and also losing Derek Watt, who led the NFL in special teams tackles. Let's get into the last voicemail that we have here today. This is Daniel from Arizona again, who's bringing up a really fair question. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dave. Daniel here, calling for my third time in as many weeks. I know you're getting a ton of calls on Simmons and Okuda, so I won't ask you to repeat your general takes, but I do have two specific questions. So in a world where you can't get or don't want to, uh, and you've either signed someone like Jason Peters or you trust in Pipkins, 
if both Simmons and Okuda are on the board at six, would either of you take Okuda over Simmons? I actually would, and here's why. Now that we know that Chris Harris is the new Des King, and Des King is the new Adrian Phillips, and Michael Davis is still Michael Davis, I actually think you have more incentives to upgrade from Davis than from Des King or Tranquil or any other players that you can take off the field. Also, in terms of having elite players at every level of your defense for years to come, I do think you'll probably be losing Hayward in one way or another before you lose James or other guys around the position since the play. And lastly, if you look at how elite cornerback contracts are trending, maybe even towards the $20 million mark with the big cap increase next year, it may make more sense to lock up your cornerback at a smaller cap if in five years rather than your safety or linebacker. Which flows into my second question, which is, if the pick were Simmons, where do you see him playing on this team? I heard during draft coverage that he sees himself as an off-ball will linebacker, but most commentators seem to prefer him as a strong safety or even dime linebacker. And I even hear some Chargers fans and commentators talking about pairing him with James the same way they talked about pairing Nas with James last year, as if you would play free safety. I think he's got to be a will on this team based on our current personnel, but I'm curious to hear what you guys think. So thanks as always. And now with the river signing, I do have to expand my sign-off. So it's go Bolts and also Colts. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about specifically with this voicemail. First of all, Daniel, thank you for calling in again. We really, really appreciate your calls. I think they're all very well thought out, and I think they're all very legitimate. So keep on calling. We still appreciate it. You guys have all kept it really short today. So let me just you know, kind of tip my hat to you guys. These are the type of calls that I like. No offense, Tim. Call back in, Tim. I love you, Tim. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I like when they're short and sweet as well and have questions, Lamelock. But <laughs> let's get back to what Daniel said. And I think this is a, a pretty good question, John, because I think o- Okuda is the clear-cut number one cornerback in this. I know C.J. Henderson has some big fans out there from Florida, but Okuda is the guy who really right now seems like a can't-miss prospect at the position and would bring the Chargers the ability to really fill that opposite position up. Op- would really fill the opposite corner outside of Casey Hayward in the Chargers defense. And I mean, really add another level of defense. I mean, this secondary, what Jeffrey Okuda would be, I mean, kind of breathtaking in some ways. And I think the point he makes about Okuda playing corner, which is a position that once you have to re-sign these guys or if you approach them in free agency, that number has gotten huge. I mean, look at the Byron Jones contract in Miami. These uh, You can't really afford to pay corners like that, but that's what it takes to get top flight ones. I love Simmons. He's one of my favorite prospects in the draft. And I don't necessarily think that Okuda is going to be there at six. I think we lock down corners or something that go very early and it's a very high-valued position as far as NFL general managers go. But I do think it's an interesting position, John, there when, you, when you're talking about either taking Jeffrey Okuda or taking Isaiah Simmons. I would definitely think I would lean Okuda at that point just because it fills such a big need, plus you're still getting a great defensive player. I think it is an interesting question because you have a position at linebacker, which is something the Chargers need, that could change a lot of things between the run game and in the passing game. But you also have this glaring need over here where Michael Davis sits of a corner where if the team's going to pass somewhere, they're going to throw it to Michael Davis's area because that's the weak link. If you were to get Okuda, you wouldn't have that weak spot. And now you have to really figure out how to pass the ball, which would be somewhere where the linebackers are, but you got some up-and-coming guys like Drew Tranquil. 
So you could possibly really make it hard for anybody, even with your pass rush being not as great as you want it to be, having Okuda could actually just make that pass rush just even better. So I would lean towards Okuda. And I think the, the real thing to remember here is if you were to draft Isaiah Simmons, he'd be your linebacker. And there's a way to take linebackers out of a play, and that's by going to the outside. And we know that Michael Davis is not really the greatest tackler there is. I mean, he, he's shown that he can tackle, but he misses a lot of tackles too, and they turn into big plays. But if you were to use a corner, how do you beat a corner? You try to beat somebody else. But if you get Okuda and you have Chris Harris, Casey Hayward with Derwin James, where are you going to go? Who else are you going to go to? You have to go somewhere over the middle to the linebackers, which even though those linebackers aren't good at covering, if someone catches the ball, someone's getting tackled for a five- or six-yard gain. That's not going to win you games unless you get that every single play. So I would lean towards Okuda over Simmons in this situation. And I think out of the two positions, you'd rather have an average linebacker than an average corner. I think. I mean, Michael Davis, I think, is somewhere around average. Corner is the hardest position to play in the NFL, in my mind. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. But yeah, I really like that question. I think Okuda at six, even though it's not your biggest need, I think he would bring one of the bigger improvements on that defense. And really, I mean, if you're you're planning on rolling into a season with Tyrod Taylor and you want to make a deep run, I think an elite defense is definitely something you're going to want to have on your side. And I think Okuda gets you closer to that than Isaiah Simmons would. As crazy as that could sound, but I mean, we're talking about really two of the elite prospects defensively in this class. I mean, maybe the second and third best outside of Chase Young, and I think other people might even have that mixed and matched. But we do have one more segment to get into. Thank you, everyone, for all of the voicemails. But it's time for Mock Draft Monday, version 4.0, coming up right after this. All right, guys, well, it's time for the final segment of the show, getting into our Mock Draft Monday version 4.0. So, obviously, we have done three versions of this prior to this. So, we're going to start with just talking about if there's any changes to what we had before. So, David, I'm going to start with you on this one. Are you going to switch it up from what you had last week in version 3.0 as far as the first three round picks? Yes, I originally in the first round I was targeting Isaiah Simmons, the the linebacker, but I've since changed my tune because, you know, the Chargers have yet to act and bring in a new left tackle. So I'm going to have them take a left tackle sixth overall. That's going to be Makai Becton out of Louisville. All right, so you're changing your first pick and you are keeping your second two round picks the same. So you're going to stick with J.K. Dobbins in the second round. You're also going to stick with K.J. Hamler. So you're addressing left tackle, running back, and wide receiver with your first three picks. So I think you're off to a good start there. So, John, I know you were very conflicted about your prior mock drafts, and you had some changes on your mind. Are you going to change from what you had last week? Yes, I am going to be changing some picks. Uh, my first pick is still going to be Tristan Wirfs. I absolutely love that guy. I really hope the Chargers can get him, even though it's looking like Herbert's the favorite. And, mm-hmm. But second round, I think the Chargers could go T. Higgins from Clemson and this guy's a really speedy wide receiver really good I would prefer Justin Jefferson but a lot of mock drafts I've seen lately are putting him in the first round so I'm going T Higgins and then in the third round I think it's time the Chargers address the cornerback slide there's no way we're going to get Okuda like we talked about earlier so I would like to go with either Cameron Densler or Bryce Hall in the third round whichever one is there if Mm -hmm. they're both there I would go Bryce Hall because this guy is really good at being a jam, 
a jamming kind of cornerback that will be in your face and will break on the ball. And I think that's something the Chargers need because a lot of the people nowadays will do quick passes against you or they'll try to scramble out of the pocket, which if he's jamming your receiver and you force a quarterback out of the pocket, that helps get sacks a lot of the time. Yeah, I like those picks. Obviously, I mean, you guys each took one of your picks and changed it to one of my picks for the sake of time. And because I'm still kind of up in the air on a few of my picks, I'm going to keep my first three rounds the same. So in the first round, I went Makai Becton. In the second round, I went Jalen Rager, the wide receiver out of TCU. And that one's very much up in the air. In third, I went with Bryce Hall out of Virginia. And I know that's kind of stretching it as far as if he makes it to the third round. I've seen some with him in the third round. I've seen a lot with him in the late second round. I think he's probably too rich to use your second round pick at 37 on Bryce Hall, but I'm using for the most part the draft network using a bunch of those mock drafts and kind of just getting the consensus of where guys are in certain drafts. So like I said on one of the previous shows, I had Patrick Queen following me in one of the mocks again in the second round. That probably is not going to happen. So you have to kind of get rid of some of the outliers. But Bryce Hall consistently makes it to me in the third round. And I'm happy with filling left tackle and wide receiver and corner in the first three rounds. I think all of those guys could be starters by day one, which is something you can't say about a lot of the positions or a lot of the prospects you could potentially take in the first three rounds. So we covered the first three rounds. So now I want you guys to give your fourth round pick and then also just give me, you know, the positions now that you have filled and some other positions you might be targeting later on in the draft. So I started last with David. John, I will start with you for the fourth round pick. Who are you going to go with now that you've changed your first three rounds? I am going to go with Chris Orr, the linebacker out of Wisconsin. This is a what I believe to be a two-down linebacker for the Chargers defense. He's not good when it comes to the passing game with coverage, but he's a really good blitzing linebacker, can make tackles, really good in the run game, can penetrate gaps. The one thing against him that I would say is fixable is that he sometimes over-pursues and can create that cutback lane just by over-pursuing, but that's something you can teach. That's just undisciplined football that could be taught. And by having him on this team, you can get rid of Denzel Perryman the next year, and that'll be your replacement, not as injury-prone as Denzel Perryman, and with him, you will have targeted your linebacker need to go with also the wide receiver, left tackle, and cornerback needs. Are you weighing the possibility of, even though you didn't address it early, taking a flyer on one of the later quarterbacks, potentially in future mock draft Mondays? I'm still looking into it. There's okay. a lot of quarterbacks to look into. Some of the ones I've seen now, I just don't have faith in. Like The best one I would see is Jordan Love would be the best risk to take, but he's either a late first round or you have to be lucky to get him early second round. So I just don't see him being there for the Chargers to pick. Yeah, and we're not doing trades in this mock, obviously. Things might be a little bit different, but I like the way that you're targeting it. And I think if you're in the fourth round and you get a role player, in this case a guy who's not great in coverage, but is a better blitzing linebacker than the guys you have now and can really fill in for Denzel Perryman, not even next, you know, the season after Perryman leaves, but if Perryman were to get hurt, you'd have somebody that could come in and kind of fill those shoes a little bit in the fourth round. So I like that pick. Uh, David, who are you going with with your fourth round pick now that you've changed up your draft a little bit? Yeah, so after I've changed up my draft a little bit, you know, I've addressed my left I've addressed left tackle, running back, and wide receiver in my first three rounds. So in the fourth round, I'm looking to see what position has the most value. Uh, And so for me, that's a a pass rusher. So I'm looking at Jabari Zuniga, the defensive end out of Florida. 
Jabari Zuniga has great size. This guy has the NFL build. He is 6'3", 264. When he times a snap, he can make big plays. He's good for a couple of big plays every single game. He is willing to do some dirty work in the running game, has some really raw pass rushing ability. He needs to have more of a pass rushing plan. Uh, that's uh, been a lot of the, the knocks coming from a lot of the draft experts that I have read 2018 was his best year. He had 45 stops, 11 tackles for loss, and six and a half sacks. He was unfortunately limited in 2019 with an, a high ankle sprain, so he was off to a great start. Uh, only played in a couple of games, but had three sacks, so he was trending up to have another great season. But injuries, unfortunately, took that away from him. I'm looking for high upside guys. We need to add to the pass rush. The Chargers, you know, for having two great pass rushers, did not have a lot of success. So I'm looking to add to that. I think Mr. Jabari Zuniga can add to a couple of splash plays per game, and that could be the difference between winning and losing. Yeah, and you cover a low-key need for the team with a pass rusher. It's one of those things we've talked about. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa are both gone after next season. He could come in this year not have a lot of expectations. He's definitely a high upside guy that you're kind of betting while he's the value on him is low after his injury, after not being super, super productive, but a guy who obviously has a high ceiling. And one of the things I saw from him is he also rushes from the inside a lot too. So I think that would give him kind of a clear path to maybe get some reps this season if they decide on obvious passing dance to get him on the interior, even though he played defensive end for them. So I don't dislike that pick at all. I think the Chargers do need to address that pass rushing need, but that's not where I decided to go with my pick. So obviously with the picks that I have right now and with what the Chargers have done in free agency, I've filled a lot of holes and now I'm going to fill one that's kind of a lesser need and I'm going running back in the fourth round. And this is a guy that I think could go as early as late second and could go as late as late fourth. And the running back I'm choosing is Zach Moss from Utah. So he is obviously one of the most productive running backs in college football. In 2019, he had six yards per carry, 1,416 total rushing yards, 15 touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns, 1,804 scrimmage yards. But the reason I like this pick a lot is because I've already filled a lot of needs and this is kind of a luxury pick in the fourth round. You know, I've gotten guys to fill certain positions. This is a guy I'm not picking to be a starter. And when I watched him, obviously the rumors going around him was that his draft stock is falling because he wasn't as fast as some people thought he might be. I think for his size, he actually has more than enough quickness to be an effective NFL running back. He's also the cousin of Sonoris and Santana Moss, former NFL wide receivers. So that's pretty cool as well. But some of the notes I had when I was watching Zach Moss was pretty good burst through the gap and pretty good vision. It's not elite. He's a good pass blocker when he was asked to do it, which again, wasn't a lot, but he's not afraid to get physical in there, which is something I like to see out of my running back. Sometimes he tries to make too much of some plays, but it is hard to bring him down. So he's usually able to get back to the line of scrimmage. At least didn't catch a ton of passes. It's kind of a breakout season for him in that regard with 28 catches last season. But the big things you like about his game are the, the elusiveness and how hard he is to bring down. Because one of the things that surprises you a little bit with Zach Moss is just the punch that he delivers when he makes contact. He has incredible balance, and you've seen that on you know some of those plays where you think he's down and he's just not because he just keeps those legs churning for not a guy who's typically you know just a giant power back. Always pretty good in the red zone. Always pretty good on short yardage. So I, I like what he brings as a compliment to Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, a guy who brings some power and also has the ability to make guys miss. And his receiving game is kind of reminiscent of Melvin Gordon's where he's not going to run a lot of crisp routes, 
But if you get him the ball, he gets upfield quickly and usually makes the first guy miss. So some of the knocks on him are just he's not an elite athlete by NFL standards. And there's some other things as well as about him being kind of a scheme fit. But for the Chargers, John, getting a running back like Zach Moss, a super productive guy that can fill in well and not be asked to be, you know, the main guy right away, I think it would be a good pickup for the Chargers. I think it could be. And I think his uh, his size allows him to be that second, third down type of running back that you need to give running backs a breather. As you mentioned, he doesn't need to be the starter. He needs to be that change of pace or even just the, the breather back that can come in and maybe lay down the shoulder real quick and gain a few extra yards and that keeps the drive steady. If it's first down, you take Austin Eckler out for a breath and he comes in, lowers his shoulder, he gets it to second and five, the drive's still going, which if you were to... You're staying on plane. Yeah. Yeah, if you put any other running back we've had as a backup back in these last few years in and do that, you're starting out second and nine, and now you're going, well, we should have kept Eckler in. We should have kept Eckler in. We should have kept Eckler in. You're going to keep saying that over and over again because you're thinking that second and nine is what ruined the drive. With a running back like him, you won't have to worry about it. Well, and I think what you get from Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson to some extent is the big play ability, the home run threat, which is something I don't know if Zach Moss can be at the NFL level. But what you're going to get a lot more of is the hard runs for six or seven yards where he gets contacted four yards after the line of scrimmage. It just seems like it always takes multiple defenders to bring this guy down. And he has a nose for the end zone, has a nose for first downs and short yardage, which is something these two Chargers running backs they currently have haven't really proven, especially with Austin Eckler near the goal line with fumbles. And Justin Jackson has just not really been the most available running back, even though the potential is obviously there. So as far as a combination with what the Chargers have at the position, I think Zach Moss would be a very welcome addition. I think he'd be someone in the fourth round that could immediately come in and have some very memorable moments as a rookie, scoring touchdowns, picking up short yardage plays when you really need him. I think that's the floor of what Zach Moss could be at the NFL level. But that is going to wrap things up for Mock Draft version 4.0. This has been a lot of fun. We appreciate you guys coming back time after time to get these from us and give us your notes on it on Twitter. But until next time, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. And if you want to, give us your four-round mock draft, and we'll give some comments on Twitter as well. You can also like the Facebook page, Locked on Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked on Chargers podcast there. I do also want to send just a shout-out to you guys during these tough times. You guys have been as loyal as ever. We're getting as many new fans as we ever have. It feels like it's the middle of the season, and it's obviously the off season. So for everybody who, you know, has given us a chance and continues to listen and stay loyal to us. And we've seen it with the callers. Thank you to everyone, but we'll be back with you you guys. Yeah. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow as we are every day of the week to wrap up the month in style. So until then take it easy and go bolts.